Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of the 21st century thing. 21 CB thing. Oh. <laughs> 21, okay. That's good enough. Okay. We'll just start again. <laughs> no, welcome to another episode of the 21 CB thing. Well done. Well done. I'm Singharava and I'm here with my friends Tara Palita and Damasara. Hello, hello. Hey. Hi. And we're following um, yeah, the same procedure as uh, last time. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, so every one of us has brought some quote, yes. poem, teaching, whatever. Mm. And I think I really enjoy mm. just the kind of mixture of mm. bringing things and not knowing what comes yeah. out of the conversation. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's, it's a really funny thing or yeah. it's a really fun thing. Yeah. And I thought maybe Tara Palite, you want to st start with yours, because yeah. I think in the last weeks you've always, you were always, always the last, last one. So yeah. start this time. I will start. So Great. what did you bring well, this week? Well, my usual go-to book, which is Pieces of Fire from Sangharachita, lots of his little aphorisms and quotes. Mm -hmm. And, um, well, to be honest, I opened it just now, but um, <laughs> I found what was really interesting, I found a quote that Padma Vajra was talking about in his series of talks recently. Um, well, talking about Sangharachita himself. But anyway, I'll just read it because I found it, I just found it really interesting. Okay. Hardly anybody is willing to give. Everybody wants to get. We search for someone without quote-unquote needs so that we can obtain from him everything for nothing, as it were. Is this perhaps the reason why Gurdjieff insisted that everything must be paid for? Perhaps it is immoral to give something for nothing. One is encouraging greed and selfishness. At the time of tantric initiation, One has to make a cash payment to the guru. How much one is prepared to give shows how much or how little one values the initiation. So I just thought that was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Can you, I think you need to read it again. Yeah, <laughs> read probably it again? read it again okay. slowly so yeah. that we can take it in. Hardly anybody is willing to give. Everybody wants to get. We search for someone without quote unquote needs so that we can obtain from him everything for nothing, as it were. Is this perhaps the reason why Gurdjieff insisted that everything must be paid for? Perhaps it is immoral to give something for nothing. One is encouraging greed and selfishness. At the time of tantric initiation, one has to make a cash payment to the guru. How much one is prepared to give shows how much or how little One values the initiation. So that I, I, mm. I thought it was really interesting because he, he, I think Banti said that around, I'm not sure exactly who, he, who it was, what initiation it was. Was it mm. Dujon Rinpoche? Mm. Or? Anyway, there was the whole thing of uh, traditionally giving something for your initiation. Yeah. I think back in the day it was gold, wasn't it? Sacks of mm. gold dust. And, gold dust, yeah. yeah. You had to give anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah you something. Like, mm. And um, so I just thought, there's multiple reasons why I found that really interesting when Padma Vajra was talking mm. about it in his talk. Um, I guess also in connection on a personal level, you know, with one's own teacher, like you look at somebody and you, this whole thing of wanting somebody to have no needs mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to give anything. They don't need anything from you emotionally. They don't need any support. They don't need any. And sometimes I think we view our, well, we view our, probably many people probably have viewed Banti in that way, Sangharachita in that way, and have viewed other people. And so that was one thing. And also I just found it interesting, the whole, like, especially when 
I used to live in West London and when it came to the Dana Bowl, I was just stunned because there were so many rich people there and <laughs> the the change that you'd hear dropping into the Dana Bowl, like a two pounds, you know, a 50 pence. These people drive cars that are worth more than most people make in their whole life. Mm. And I said to um, my friend Janana at the time, what's going on? You know, there's mil- loads of millionaires around here. And he said, well, it just, you just follow the money trail. It just shows you what, what you value. Mm. And uh, I thought, Whoa. so it's not a cut and black and white thing, but I just thought it was really interesting because it goes against, it's kind of, I think we've got a bit, I don't know about paranoid, but the whole kind of guru thing, like, mm-hmm. oh, if you have to pay for something and you have to use cash, mm. then it's mm. not the real thing and everything should be done without money and... I see the point of, you know, you give, you give things open-handedly, mm-hmm. but there's a reciprocity as well, isn't it, where mm. it starts to bite, especially when it comes to your money. It's mm-hmm. like what you actually value and mm. also taking into consideration the needs of other people that you consider to be your teachers even. Like this whole thing about mm. they, looking for somebody that doesn't need anything from you. Mm. Anyway, so I thought it was an interesting mm. place to start. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's a really, it, it's a big conundrum, like how to... Uh, or yeah, how to work with that, I guess, because of course there is a wish also to give open-handedly or mm. like to share the Dharma for free. Mm. And yeah. I guess that's also the Bodhisattva ideal to yeah. just not charge yeah. Yeah. and to be, make it available. Mm. Yeah. And mm. yeah, so, but at the same time, I mean, I can definitely see that uh, it's a question of how much do people value mm. what's mm. just mm. being shared mm. for free. I think it's quite interesting that the whole thing about because in a way I get the sense it's not he's not being charged is it so I think the open-handed giving you just do that anyway but then it's down to the the recipient um, what they feel to give I think that's the difference isn't it like a a class here uh, whether you can even call it a class but a class here just to say that it's like um, there's no fixed rate for it it's not like oh going to a yoga class where you pay I don't know 15 euros or something and Mm -hmm. It's an open-ended thing. You know, if you have no money, there's no money. But if you've got money, then how much are you going to put in? It's mm-hmm. kind of, it's a bit of a, it's a quite, it, it can be quite an uncomfortable mm-hmm. situation where you just think, well, I've done it loads. I think, well, how much? I just was perfectly happy to blow, I don't know, I won't divulge my spending habits on clothes, <laughs> but I was perfectly happy to spend a vast amount of money on a pair of jeans. And now this person's given a really good class and I'm like, Oh God, do I just put in like 10 euros? Is this, ah, really? It's a question mark, isn't it? Yeah, I think it comes down to our um, relationship with money in a way. I think it's, you know, when we, when we say we, there's always a bit of a tension, isn't it? Um, when we, when we ask then for money for donations after our classes, yeah. because we, well, we want to look like, oh, we're just doing this for free. But at the same oh, yeah. time, we do need money as well. Yeah. And I, I thought it was interesting because I was what you just said, because mm. when I remember correctly, uh, apparently Bhante described those initiations as, well, they weren't, you know, you weren't expected to give a certain amount yeah, yeah, for yeah. the donation, uh, for the initiation. Yeah. So he gave you an initiation. Yeah. Well, and you gave, well, a lot, but yeah. how much was kind of That's, up to you? Yeah, and even yeah. poor people would just give a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, I was actually listening to a talk by Bhante recently about uh, offerings, uh, um, huh. the symbolism of offerings from that series, Creative Symbols oh, of yeah. Tantric Buddhism. And, yeah. and well, you, you get that all the time. So, the, the, you know, even in the, in the, in the oldest um, scriptures, the Buddha gives, gives a teaching and then the, 
the people will will just bring something, will host him. Yeah. Um, usually, it's the other way around. Even they give something first, and then he will give a teaching. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's something to bear in mind. Really, I'm just having a bit of a aha moment here mm. <laughs> on how to approach mm. donations here as well to kind of say, well, this is the kind of culture we want to. Yeah. Um, I mean, we always say that we, you know, we want to establish a culture of generosity of yeah. Yeah. of giving. We give freely, you give freely. But there's some. I mean, there's a story behind that. There's a whole yeah. tradition mm. behind that of. Well, if you, yeah, you, you go, you, you ask someone for advice or you ask someone for, well, a teaching or, you know, to show you something, yeah. well, you bring something, you yeah. try to host them, you know, mm. even, even though you, they're coming here to our home, but <laughs> you're, you're trying to, mm. to show your appreciation or, yeah. It's I mean, probably not yeah. very embedded in our no. culture, yeah, that no, kind of so. thing. And I guess in Asian cultures yeah. or even Eastern European cultures, yeah. this mm. kind of hospitality or whatever is much yeah. more mm. white widely spread mm. or apparent mm. in people's culture. But I also thought about um, a teaching that I have been reflecting on. And so it's a, a mind training teaching and it also um, gives different um, things, different uh, areas to practice. And I think mm -hmm. one of the nine areas is to, um, where is it, to, to, if you want to create merit, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, then the first thing is that you need to give service and material support to your teachers. So mm -hmm. this is one of nine things that yeah. will lead to compassion and wisdom yeah, in yeah. a way. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I also thought, oh, that's interesting to, yeah. to have that as one of nine mm. things yeah. you need to practice, yeah. giving service yeah. and material support to your teachers, mm -hmm. because I guess yeah. we've probably not yeah. have that But so much the, in, yeah. uh, in our awareness that, no. that, that in a way, I mean, we, we need to be... We need to look after our teachers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, on paper, it looks a bit dogmatic, doesn't it? You mm. think. And we're so cynical as well. You, know, yeah. you read this stuff. Even when you were saying it, I was like, oh, yeah. You know, it's just like the part of me is like, oh, yeah, give support to your teacher. And it's so negative. It's unbelievable. I don't know why we've got so cynical. It's terrible. But mm. just when in practice, like I remember, uh, not to blow my own trumpet, I'm hardly like an exemplary when it comes to this mm -hmm. sort of thing. But, you know, like my, like my friend Jananandra in London, I used to buy him shoes and buy him things. And just like, because he didn't have much money. It just felt really good. I didn't feel like, oh, I'm like supporting his whole life, but it just felt like a really nice thing to be able to do mm. to just, uh, yeah, just support people. And I think once you step in, it's like, well, it's what they call the, isn't it? Generosity, the basic Buddhist sort of virtue. Yeah. Know, yeah. Like, I mean, it, that's the, it's the beginning of the path. Even. Yeah. I mean, you Without have that, you have nothing, right? Mm. Yeah. You have, you have, um, I mean, we always talk about the threefold path, you know, which is yeah. kind of condensation of the eightfold, yeah. eightfold path, which is uh, ethics, meditation, wisdom. But then people say, well, for there's actually a first, a fourth, first ah. step before mm. that, which is dana, which is generosity, which yeah. is giving. So mm. for the so-called, you know, householders and yeah. laymen, mm. yeah, yeah, it was dana, well, it was generosity, ethics, yeah. and meditation. What do we think about that, though, really? Because we'll say that quite a lot, yeah, in classes and to each other, yeah, yeah, yeah. but what does that because that's quite a thing isn't it mm. that whole spirit of generosity and mm. i think it i think once you start practicing buddhism you do end up naturally it just it's like oh no it would just make sense mm. it's like it is it is a very you know banti's whole thing about a nucleus of a new society you know you're mm -hmm. starting something new having a having a culture that is really based on generosity mm. it's quite a radical mm. shift mm. in a way mm. and uh, when you take it, it sweetens the atmosphere doesn't it mm. anyway Yeah. yeah, and I guess if it really comes out of natural generosity, I mean, mm. it's such something also that 
is really freeing in a way mm. if you can let go and, and give yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Mm. and be part of something. But I guess it really needs a spirit. Mm. It needs to come not out of um, like kind of looking at things from a perspective of um, what are the what's in in um, what's in here for me mm, or yeah, like uh, in terms of um, yeah. usefulness yeah. or whatever. So it really needs to go beyond that kind yeah. of oh, um, material exchange. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. But it, it, it's interesting because it does kind of relate to uh, our value, isn't it? You know, there's, the, I mean, that's, I guess that's a, a whole system of, uh, I don't know, commerce works in a way, isn't it? You've got, you, you value something highly. Maybe there's not much of it in existence. So you're willing to pay a vast amount of money for it. And that, that thing you will prize above everything else because it's like, oh, there's a real energy behind it. You've spent so much of your, probably your time and energy working for it. You know, you know, you put in hours and hours and hours of your life. And now you have this thing and you really pay attention to it, don't you? Mm. Like, mm. Uh, I remember, it's funny, I remember my dad was, was with his uncle um, who is a, uh, a Japan Japanologist <laughs> like Dharmasara <laughs> and uh, he went to some lecture in uh, I think UCLA in Los Angeles where he lived mm -hmm. and this guy was talking about these um, uh, like uh, not pottery but you know um, ceramics ceramics yeah mm -hmm. and apparently there's a case of one guy who uh, I think in medieval Japan who traded more or less everything he had for this pot this kind of vase or something that was just so beautiful to him he just traded everything. He'd given away his house. It was like, it was super fine, rare. Mm -hmm. And I just, it was a really interesting story because obviously that, he had, it held so much weight in his mm -hmm. mind and, and it was such a, it obviously had some sort of, so much significance for this person. They were willing to trade almost everything for this object. Mm -hmm. And you see, you can imagine your mind is gathered around that object. And mm -hmm. so I'd imagine with the whole initiation thing, you know, like yeah. um, Marpa and uh, whatever, you know, bringing sacks of gold mm. uh, to the teacher for an initiation. When they've given it to you, it, in those days at least, it's like, wow, you'd really value mm. what you've been given because you know that it's got a power to it and it would change your whole mm. life. Mm. Yeah. Here's all my money because mm. I know mm. now I'm getting the whole world in a way. It's like you'd sort of. Mm. But, yeah. but I guess it's also about really seeing the Dharma and the value of the Dharma as this kind of precious object mm, in, in yeah. a sense like yeah. and i guess if we really can see the um, value of the dharma for mm. our lives and mm. the life-changing uh, effect mm. then i guess if we could really see that we mm. would be willing to give mm. everything yeah. um yeah, what yeah. we have for mm. that kind mm. of uh, to to be able to be into contact with that teaching mm. and i guess i think the more we kind of mm it trickles into ourselves yeah. the more we can be um, we do do that don't yeah. we yeah we do i mean we don't i don't know think we necessarily talk about it in these terms of paying mm. for obviously for paying for initiations but we do do it in terms of commitment don't we this whole thing of like mm. um people's deepening commitment and it's like you you your life starts to change you do you end up giving everything in a way mm. uh anyway in terms of your time and what you're doing with yourself mm. it might not be a lump cash payment <laughs> but there's some sense of like you have you've sort of and not in a yeah like you said not in a slavish way you know like oh I'm going to give everything and be a martyr and no now it it's, a, it's understanding it properly yeah. isn't it for it to make sense yeah yeah it does need uh, the spirit what well, you know you talked about Singarava about it that we need a spirit and I was just reflecting yeah you 
you almost need to forget that you're supposed to give mm. in order to be able to give. Right. Because sometimes it can get a bit of a, a rule, like, oh, well, you know, yeah, like, yeah. you know, I get up to meditate and then mm. we're also supposed to give, give each other presents or yeah. something. You know, we, yeah, we need yeah. to be generous. We need to uh, give money. So it can get, can get a bit dry and disciplinary mm. as well. Mm, mm, mm. Whereas I think, well, uh, I mean, isn't there, there's this aphorism, mm. isn't there, from Padmavatra? Mm. Uh, I only heard it from Padmavatra. He's... I don't know, maybe it's Bante, I can't remember, which is this uh, thing of um, uh, that which you love, you adorn. So mm. so you, you know, when you, so there needs to be love first then mm. in order to give. Yeah. Um, huh. And then I noticed that, I mean, I'm, I'm terrible with birthday presents and I always oh. forget birthdays of people, but when I absolutely love someone, then I just, naturally, I just give things. Yeah. You know, like you said, with Janana, you, yeah. you just bought him presents because yeah. you wanted him to be well yeah, and you yeah. wanted him to... Yeah. So it's more for... Yeah. You, you almost forget that it's even yeah. a practice yeah, yeah, to yeah, give. Exactly. That's yeah. the spirit, isn't it? The yeah. kind of... Yeah. At the center, there needs to be love and yeah. appreciation and friendship yeah. in order to... Yeah, yeah. And it, I guess also, I mean, what, what this reminds me is that, of course, in the in the mandala of the five Buddhas, mm. um, uh, generosity or the, the the mudra the gesture of uh, the open hand is connected with mm. Ratnasambhava mm -hmm. who of course is also connected with creativity mm. inspiration mm. Yeah. the arts mm. uh, all that and and I guess that um, and of course the um, the the jewel the mm. chintamani mm. Mm. Um, which is the the symbol for the source of boundless inner mm. inspiration mm. and I guess if that giving comes out of that Mm. richness mm. the wealth of inner inspiration mm. then mm. it doesn't really feel like um yeah. something that uh, yeah. is i think yeah. that's it because i think yeah. it, what it's not talking about is a kind of narrow um moral um even religious box ticking it's mm. not talking about oh well that was a really good class so then i'm gonna put in this what i do yeah. all the time <laughs> and like i'll tick and then go yeah. off and have a cappuccino it's not it's not like that is it. It's not like a formulaic thing, is it? Mm -hmm. Where you just kind of give, I mean, it's good to have standing orders. So it's like, you know, regular, yeah, yeah. but that's on a practical level. But I think the spirit of it, like, it's not just like a moral exercise uh, in a narrow sense, is it? Where, oh, I've done my duty for the day. I give uh. this much and that's enough. It's not yeah. like, no, you know, ticking the, ticking the religious box of being a mm. good Buddhist, is it? It's like, oh, well done, you know? Yeah. It's more out of inspiration, is it? There's a whole um, upsurge of, mm. Well, inspiration and sometimes yeah. it manifests in material items where you just think oh, yeah i really want to like you say adorn this person i love yeah, this yeah. person hmm. or this place let's yeah. let's put in and you want others to benefit as well from yeah. what you've benefited just yeah. like when you're i mean when i've been in touch with a teacher uh mm. who's really inspiring mm. i i think it's mm. this like wow mm. that's great i mean mm. others should be have the same opportunity in, in a way yeah, it's not something. It's you not can just legislate. inform myself. Yeah, I you just, can't legislate oh, yeah. for this either, can you? Can't you can't? In a way, you can only this. This only works, I guess, if people are doing it themselves, and you step mm -hmm. you step into a culture of it. It's like you can't ask people. You can, it's not part of your kind of duty, is it? Uh, hmm. Maybe it is. Anyway, yeah. I mean, that's why we kind of we you know we invite so many people here, like Matra Bandhu. You know, you mm. brought Parame here because mm. you benefited from her. So it's mm. like we want to share. Yeah. <laughs> share, <laughs> the the from, share the people, share <laughs> yeah. the wisdom, yeah. share the, uh, the, inspiration. the good things. Mm. I actually have something that probably would fit quite good. well. Good. Shall I go yeah. on? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Mine doesn't fit yet. so Okay, maybe it will fit <laughs> afterwards. Then we'll make it a good sequence. Mm. So I um, 
want to bring in uh, some verses from the Bodhicharya Avatara, mm. which is a very famous Buddhist text. For those of you who don't know, it's um, written by Shantideva, mm. who lived in the 8th century in India. Mm. And he wrote that um, training manual for future bodhisattvas, for people who want to become bodhisattvas. And so it begins with some lines, verses of worship, and these um, verses are also uh, reflected in our puja and our devotional mm. rituals. Mm, mm. And so there's some of those verses mm. that I really, really like, um, <laughs> and I will read them. Um, three verses I brought today. So, yeah. so you who are accustomed to traveling abroad among the trading towns of the realms of rebirth, grasp tightly this gem that is the awakening mind. It is precious, essayed by those of immeasurable expertise, the unique caravan leaders of the world. Like the plantain stem, all other good things assuredly shed their fruit and then wither, whereas the awakening mind is a tree that constantly fruits. It does not wither, but continues to produce. In its protection, as in the protection of a hero, one immediately escapes great dangers even after committing extremely cruel acts of evil, so why do ignorant beings not seek refuge in it? Again? <laughs> we could go through it yeah, yeah, yeah. verse by it's verse. Slower. Maybe yeah. that's easier. Mm. So, <laughs> you who are accustomed to traveling abroad among the trading towns of the realms of rebirth, grasp tightly this gem that is the awakening mind. It is precious, essayed by those of immeasurable expertise, the unique caravan leaders of the world. That's great, isn't it? Mm. It's funny. It's one of the, I think it's one of those ones that Padma Vaj is very keen. Uh, mm. You know, very keen on the whole um, trading towns yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of existence. It's a great it's fantastic. Yeah, the whole thing of like, well, you're no, you're not home. You know, you're yeah. from. You think yeah. you're from Berlin, or think you're from Spain, and it's like, oh yeah, you know where you're from, and there's this whole yeah. sense of transitoriness to our existence huh? yeah. amongst yeah, yeah. all the. I mean, traveling abroad, towns. you're just a traveler and yeah, these yeah. merchant. And I think the trading town is, I mean, it's a really good symbol for Sangsara yeah, in a way because exactly. mm. it bargaining. is the place bargaining and oh. it is the place of the eight worldly winds like yeah. uh, gain and loss, yeah. uh, fame. I mean, he and probably, he probably yeah. had in mind uh, also the, um, uh, you know, you had, you had these, these Buddhist kingdoms, I think at the, at the time when he lived uh, among the Silk Route. So obviously there was. Oh. At the back of his mind as well. Mm. Uh, I mean, the mm. Silk Road was probably yeah. alive for oh, yeah. for hundreds and hundreds of years, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, before. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think even yeah. even before. I mean, he's yeah. what is eighth, eighth century? So I mean, so, even yeah, yeah. must must have still been. Because I mean, at China, least those, uh, the Buddhism to China arrived yeah. there in the second century yeah. by a Silk Road, so yeah, that yeah, must yeah, have yeah. been long before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but still, I even think there were these, you know, like Khotan and and other. They were by 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 the time you know there were these huge kingdoms. Yeah. Mm. along the Silk Road which are now like deserts completely yeah. deserted mm. uh, that is I mean as a by byproduct that is yeah. for me a slightly uh, I read 
Okay, we'll come back. We're back, but just a slight tangent. This whole thing about the Silk Route, I found really interesting because yeah. uh, I read a book on the Silk Route, and it is, it is fascinating, isn't it? Like you've got these places that were the real centers of learning and culture, like in um, okay, forget where they are right now, but they're like real learning, mm. and you just think, wow, this is amazing. And then you look at where they are now. Mm. I don't mean to be horrible. Like I've got anyway, but like Kyrgyzstan and all these mm. other stans that we now, they're basically, they're, it's completely different. Yeah? Mm. It's, and they're not vast centers centers of mm. art and culture. And mm. I thought, wow, I hope it's not, is it not the same with us over here. You know, we're <laughs> doing so well and we th and then like you fast forward a thousand years and... But I think that's what's you know, going to happen, yeah. unfortunately. I mean, look <laughs> yeah, yeah. at Nalanda where Shantideva lived, yeah, which was, yeah, yeah. I think, one of the biggest uh, Buddhist universities at that time. And there's yeah, nothing left, uh, not yeah. even left any Buddhism, yeah. almost any Buddhism yeah. in India anymore. So, yeah. But it's a good I image, think, isn't yeah. it? The trading, the, 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 yeah, the yeah. kind yeah. of transitoriness. Because yeah. I think in yeah. a way that there is a, so you do get hmm. a certain... Oh, I, I do when I hear that a certain feeling of lightness like oh it's hmm. a relief because yeah. we get so stuck like we're trying to make this work you know but actually we're just the whole it's a cliche isn't yeah. it but we're travelers and you can't mm. take anything with mm -hmm. you as, as they yeah. say no, it's just nice yeah. because I immediately had that image of like a caravan and then within one sentence he just makes it cosmic you know <laughs> he makes it yeah. you know the what was it the the trading towns of he says that the trading has of realms of rebirth. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, so yeah. the different. Yeah, of <laughs> course, it's not only in this yeah. space and this yeah, time. Yeah. Well, it's well you, yeah, you, 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 trend, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, you always go from from one from one next rebirth to the other. Yeah. Uh, so, but always. then, of course, it's the so the so he says, <clears throat> grasp tightly <clears throat> this gem that is the awakening mind that is <clears throat> precious. <clears throat> so, and that's what reminded me of. Uh, um, what we just mm. talked no, about before, great. like yeah. the the, mm. the Dharma, the, the like realizing the preciousness of mm. um, the awakening mind mm. of uh, well, the yeah. will to enlightenment, the will to enlightenment, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the wish to to gain enlightenment, yeah, and and yeah. So this is what's really precious. Yeah. This is what's mm. really valuable. This is the only thing that can lead mm. us from this life and out of this life. Yeah. And, yeah, so it's essayed by those of immeasurable expertise, the unique caravan leaders of the world, mm -hmm. which are, of course, the Buddhas and mm -hmm. the wise, the sages who have mm -hmm. tested and mm -hmm. really kind of um, understood the preciousness yeah. before us and who can then kind of lead yeah, us yeah, yeah, yeah. out of our hmm. uh, So I guess the image is then, the image is then that you get a caravan that, travels from one city to the other but then because it said the caravan leaders mm. are the buddhas so that means they i mean the, the image is obviously that the normal caravan is a bit lost maybe and you know they might just always go from 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 one town to the next from rebirth to rebirth and then you have good caravan leaders who lead them out of that cycle or something i'm just trying to get the, the, the metaphor the, the metaphor yeah. yeah but i think that's what he yeah. suggests that of yeah. course there are caravan there are leaders actually yeah, yeah, yeah. who can Lead Guide. us out of yeah. <coughs> mm. out of the trading towns in a in a way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So shall, it, yeah. I, I, I don't know if it was in that poem that you read a few weeks ago, but um, I think that Sangarachta wrote about leaving the sh was it uh, maybe not leaving the shore and there's like the people no, buying and one. selling. Okay, there's yeah. and the, anyway no that's it. Padmavadra is talking about there's a there's a lotus in the in the lake. Anyway, this person the, the whole poem is about leaving. Well, leaving the shore, isn't it? And the, this this whole uh, business of people buying and selling and the noise of it all. Mm. And when you're in that trading town uh, with the noise, and you forget that the, the, it's not actually the, everything. 
Mm. You don't have to put your whole life into the trading town. It's like there's a whole mm. other mm. something. Mm. It's, mm. Uh, it's a really great poem. Mm. I'll try and dig it up. But yeah. mm. Just yeah, leave so the noise and the, yeah. oh God, the hustle yeah. and the bustle <laughs> and the chaos and the smelly fish <laughs> and the <laughs> broken wheels and you, yeah, you just mm. Whoosh, mm. off. Yeah, so there are sages out there, like the fourth side. Mm. And I mean, there's mm. somebody mm. out there who can lead to a different realm. So I'll read the next verse mm -hmm. and then we can uh, look at that as, uh, as well. So like the plantain stem, all other good things assuredly shed their fruit and then wither. Whereas the awakening mind is a tree that constantly fruits. It does not wither, but continues to produce. Well, that's very interesting because in a way, mm -hmm. like... I think that speaks where it's a poet it is a poetic description of practicing well practicing quote unquote properly somehow isn't it mm -hmm. you know because mm -hmm. you do get a sense that well at least I do that there's all sorts of endeavors that I'm engaged in and they have a kind of life and they die and you think oh, what happened there there's a whole cycle but the strange thing is it is kind of exhilarating isn't it when you actually when you find your way into the dharma you fall out again and you find your way in and mm -hmm. over years and you're in again you're out again but when you're in you do get a sense of like, oh, this this thing, this actually just fruits continually. Mm. And the reason it's not fruiting is because I probably need to sort something out psychologically or in terms of my living conditions or whatever. But when you're in, that's why it's so yeah. easy. I mean, I imagine that's why we're all doing this thing, right? Because it's like, mm. you just get this sense of a continual uh, fruiting. Mm. That's mm. what it feels yeah, yeah. like. It's like richness and a growth. Yeah. And you're like, mm. wow, un yeah. unending. I mean, that's what Bhante, oh, well, in the, the Buddha, I think, describes as well, you know, the two two different ways of of existence isn't it so one is more you know um reactive reactive and uh so mm. cyclical so it's like one one thing gives rise to the other but uh, uh you know there's a constant waxing and waning or coming mm. and going whereas you know once you've which is basically you no know, rebirth and all that mm. and karma you know that, that that all works on that level but then there's another way you know when you really start to practice the the you know what we call the spiral path then mm everything just flowers and fruits into the next step, uh, you know. So, uh, for tangible. example, just like, it you know, tangible, like faith yeah. flowers into mm. into mm. joy, mm. flowers into rapture, flowers, but you don't lose the mm. the steps of the first stage, you know, you don't, mm. you never lose that. They never mm. go away or change. Yeah. They just become bigger and thus kind of fruit, and then all fruits into mm. enlightenment, hopefully. Mm. Yeah, but I, I mean, I also resonated with that because I, I was thinking back um, and looking back at my life and I think, Being a quite passionate person, I think I can always see like these kind of oh, yeah. um, things that I was passionate for at some mm -hmm. uh, yeah. stage of my life, mm. like really being passionate for mm. theater or for singing, for mm. the orchestra and whatever, I'm, or, or whatever, some kind of film star or yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> different things. But I, I can really see like how they all were not sustainable in a way, mm. like all these passions just burnt and then they kind of um at one point mm. oh, you get they, like they, a wave don't you you yeah, get yeah. like a wave mm. of excitement but then <laughs> you have nothing that's really <laughs> kind of um uh continuous so looking back i can really see myself like all these kind of different uh, uncontinued uh and uh, what mm. would you say mm. discontinued passions yeah, 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 and, yeah. and there's no real kind of continuity yeah. or or or, or, or um, a threat mm. and so i think with the dharma and practicing and and really wishing to kind of um transform uh evolve learn mm. 
I can really see this is different because mm. it really there's there's no end in sight, and I can also really see the kind of continuity. Um, Didn't you also go to like uh, different churches and African yeah, churches? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I they... went to an African church when I was 13, so yeah. it was quite <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Where they were speaking in tongues and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, because I mean, you had the, yeah, you always had that urge to find something, but yeah. then you couldn't you couldn't quite. But it's, it's and being passionate about these kind of things, yeah, yeah. but then you can see okay. It, mm. it, it's not sustainable, but mm. with the Dharma and mm. with really wanting to, mm. um, to, to, um, or, or I guess I really needed this context. Mm. Um, it's a, a really interesting mm. point, though, isn't it? Because um, I think for some people, you know, if you if you haven't been fortunate enough to uh, come across Buddhism, in it, for example, I mean, it sounds horribly religious. Sorry, but if you haven't been fortunate, <laughs> fortunate <laughs> sorry, I apologize, but if you haven't been fortunate enough, in my opinion, to come across Buddhism in a way that actually really speaks to you and grabs you yeah like really speaks to you then uh, then you are in a position where you you could you and i know people like that where you ha you're gonna have to turn your passion uh into something more where you know i know people like, like musicians for example where that's what it is and you're gonna have to find your way and it's the same with great artists i imagine it's like you or, mm. or a scientist or any aspect of life isn't it or whatever aspect If your road not if that's what it is, then you will it becomes a discipline at that point, mm. doesn't it? Where you have to kind of find what you're looking for within it. Uh, mm. You have to find it. It can't just be a kind of uh, it's not just a kind of uh, a passing phase in a way. Yeah. It's going to have mm. it's going to be it's you it's your journey. Yeah, you uh, over identify with it then as well, I guess. Like um, or or do you, yeah, I know what or, you mean. It's not quite mm. what I mean. I just mean like you know, yeah. so you're going to have to you you are, you have to find your way. You will have to find your way within that framework, won't you? Within yeah. that, with oh, that okay. mode of yeah, expression, yeah, you will mm. have to find you mm. your way of uh, looking for truth, meaning, uh, absorption, all those things, won't mm. you? Mm. Um, anyway, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I can see that with my, my life as well. I mean, I also had many different passions and interests, mm. you know, from playing in the orchestra mm. or, <clears throat> you know, science and all these things. But if it doesn't, You need to find a framework that actually encompasses the whole of your mm. of your being because I there were, I mean I was always greatly interested in these things and I could have probably gone quite far within you know I don't know with music yeah. uh, you know playing the bassoon in the orchestra or whatever but mm. I was always too aware of the existential uh, emptiness I felt inside mm. <laughs> that I that I kind of needed to find something that was more mm. Uh, and I couldn't find that, you know, I couldn't find the, the kind of friendship, the kind of uh, um, meaningful process or path in those in those in those areas for myself. Uh, I, I know others can like I've, I've, I've just always seen that in, you know, my orchestra friends or something. I've always seen them being really um, their life was music. So they mm -hmm. saw everything out of that, you know, from that lens, from, from yeah, that yeah. viewpoint. But um, I just somehow couldn't <laughs> couldn't. I needed a. Yeah. A completely different framework that's much it, bigger than yeah, myself it's to do yeah. it is mm. a bit to do it is to do with passions in a in a, in a mature or immature sense because i think yeah. i've had loads of passions in my mm. life mm. but there's they've been uh even though i wasn't a child they've been sort of infantile to a certain extent where mm. i'd get really excited and then but it wasn't me i couldn't push yeah. through mm. it wasn't quite yeah. i couldn't quite explore mm. and so you yeah, I, yeah me personally I was kind of left with a with a blank in a way although mm. it wasn't a blank because i had found Mm. something that seemed to be open-ended and i think it is but mm. anyway i really like the thing you're reading just because i think experientially that's just what it tastes like mm. when you're in it but i mean also you know the whole thing about the dharma I, it's a constant thing isn't it to try and actually 
be practicing at a level that's satisfactory where you do feel like you're kind of all in it's mm. really difficult mm. you know mm. but you i just more and more acutely for some reason these recent weeks i just feel like uh i'm trying yeah mm. but i just get a glimpse of how little of me is actually in it I'm yeah kind of in it <laughs> and then i'm not i'm still called tara pilot i'm still doing classes yeah, yeah, yeah. but i'm a sort of not quite in the, i'm not in the tree that's continually fruiting i'm kind of talking about it and help maybe other people are in the tree <laughs> that's great but <laughs> and then i just thought oh no that's what it is it's not like i'm gonna this in out thing mm. where you're kind of on retreat and then you're uh, bouncing around the place it's like no i thought you've got to get inside it yeah. and it's really difficult it's like a wow such a subtle kind of mm. spirity ghostly thing it's like you, you know you just stepped into it and you're like oh, i'm here again mm. Mm. Uh, I've got to stay. And normally what happens to me is I'm in there and then I get so excited without knowing I'm excited that I bounce out and I'm mm. gone for two weeks. And I'm like, mm. oh God. And I'm back in and then mm. I'm out. And I thought, oh, that's the thing. When you're in, you've got to know you're in mm. and try and, and just, it's like, oh, this is it. This is this, this is this, mm. this yeah, is the yeah, place. Yeah. Uh, mm. I think that's the thing that's yeah. so difficult to grasp tightly this yeah. gem. Yes, <laughs> I mean, exactly. That's what it is. Grasp tightly the quicksilver elixir. But it's so difficult yeah. to uh, understand, I think, because otherwise, well, if, you, if, if we're getting in contact with Buddhism, obviously what we do is we start meditating probably. Mm. But um, it's so easy i think uh, uh to to understand buddhism as a sort of technique or as a mm. sort of mechanism mm. like well okay i'm a bit stressed i do a bit of mindfulness mm. or i mm. feel a bit angry i do a bit of metabhavana but mm. then to you know these practices can can sound very sort of technique -y, but actually mm. to make them yeah. uh relevant to something that actually goes way beyond you like mm. way i don't know just sort of to to, to make them It's not technique, is it? Is no, it's not at all. It's like, it? yeah, 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 it's... And then, you know, I mean, we talk about these things like, oh, mythic context, and mm. you, you, you need to find a mythic context mm. for your life, da-da-da. And, mm. you know, you get all these... Um, we talk about all these things, but then how do you actually do that? It's yeah. actually... We, we're so ridden in our minds by yeah. techniques, and we just yeah. want to know how A leads to B. And I think this is where yeah. Buddhism gets mis misunderstood, because we do talk about methods methods and yeah. conditioned uh, existence so so it just sounds perfectly logical but it yeah. isn't it, it, it <laughs> completely logical. isn't because we what we're dealing with is the whole mm. not just the mental mm. but also the emotional the the subconscious even the mythic mm. elements of ourselves so we kind of need to so it always feels like we're trying to kind of mold something which is in the dark mm. Uh, mm. and try to push it in a direction where we actually don't see like it's always like oh, when i meditate i always feel like i'm working in a fog or something but mm. you're just trying to move and you're trying to move this huge ship that you actually can't see in a mm. water that you can't see either mm. <laughs> and then try to steer it somehow and and then but, but as you go you you will realize and on looking back that oh actually yeah i did make that kind of makes sense now yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. things are kind of coming to place now oh yeah yeah i can Yeah, we're not those clear, clear continuity, people. Continuity, and you yeah. can see yeah. continuity yeah. in some yeah. moments. Yeah. I mean, you do get the sense sometimes with Buddhists that, well, that it's kind of like, oh, they know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're clear. And sometimes I think Buddhists are clear. They know what they're doing. <laughs> a lot of times it's the murky work. You're just kind of murking mm. along. Yeah. But I did want to say just on the, on the, the whole thing of that, um, I had a little, rev well, for me, it was quite a little, I don't know if it's a revelation or if it's to do with the metaphor of the raft. But this this thing, you know, when you when you when you, when you feel like you're in this thing and the 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 the, the uh, continually fruiting tree mm. is part of your existence, and the even the gem is there, and it's like oh, and you get this moment, 
and say you've got you've meditated there's total calm you're engaged with some higher stuff's open up and you come out and then you can just feel like this weird stuff it starts going wonky you know you get this weird <laughs> doubt or existential terror weird stuff the, the doubt especially and then I, I had that the other day and I found myself scrabbling around in my mind well in my mind and my being scrabbling around to try and find the thread again and I used to condemn myself for that I used to think mm. oh that's terrible because you know there's something wrong with you psychologically you know you're just unstable and it's and you know and I thought oh no that's not true I felt like you have those big experiences and they do mess you up mm. uh, no they don't mess you up they kind of open mm. something and that scrabbling around mm. okay to use that metaphor mm. is the raft you're mm. desperately trying yeah. you're all of a sudden you've fallen off the boat And it's actually totally right to feel like you're scrabbling around for the dharma again because you're trying to find a life raft. Yeah. You'd be an idiot to just be floating around in the in the stream being smashed about. I just mean, you know, you can get do you know what I mean? You can get yeah, to the yeah, state yeah, totally. where you just think, "Oh god, what am I doing? Yeah. I need to meditate. I need to what did the Buddha say? You know, there's this kind of slight panic mm. now and then." Yeah, But I think I, that's fine. Because you need to, to destabilize your ego uh, identity yeah. every, every now and then. Yeah. And that's an uncomfortable, yeah. I guess it's mm. an un yeah. uncomfortable um, situation to go yeah. through. So you need to kind of... Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I just meant the actual yeah. the actual symbolism of the raft itself. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. because it's not, not a raft on a raging river isn't a cozy experience. You're not there yeah, 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 going okay. across with the big okay, thing. Oh, yeah, look yeah, at the birds. Yeah. No, no, and oh, there's yeah, Nirvana yeah. over no, there. Yeah, yeah, I'm coming to Nirvana. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, and you slipped, you, f you sort of fell off and you're like, yeah. oh my shit, where's the raft? Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. you find yourself yeah, yeah, paddling yeah. furiously. Yeah. Maybe, you know, and I think, oh, that I used to, all I'm saying is I used to really condemn myself for that experience. Mm. Like there's something wrong yeah, with me. But then I think, No, there's a whole metaphor about this. Mm -hmm. Rafts mm -hmm. aren't cozy places. It's like no. you're trying to get back on this. No, it's not raft. a road. So yeah. that's, I mean, actually, it really connects with the next verse. So mm. I'll read it because yeah. uh, it says, In its protection, oh, okay. as in the protection of a hero, mm. one immediately escapes great dangers, even mm. after committing extremely cruel acts of evil. Oh, dear. So why do ignorant <laughs> beings not seek refuge in it? I don't know. Why, why do we not? So I mean, it no, really fits yeah. with the raft uh, in ignorant. a way. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, Can so, you read that again? Yeah. Mm. yeah. So in its protection, so we're talking of the awakening mind, the precious jewel. Mm. Um, in its protection, as in the protection of a hero, one immediately escapes great dangers, mm. even after committing extremely cruel acts of evil. So why do ignorant beings not seek refuge in it? Jeez, hmm. Louise. I think that's, I mean, yeah. it's really interesting. And I, I mean, hmm. I, I've been pondering about that first yeah. verse because of like, even after committing extremely cruel acts of evil, I mean, yeah. having, yeah. and so oh, what I thought. Having experienced the consequences and everything. Yeah, yeah. so it's interesting. But then I thought, ah, oh, yeah, it's the whole area of purification in the mm -hmm. sense, mm. like, Really, I mean, of course, it's really kind of turning our minds toward the Dharma, toward mm. the skillful, toward the good. And that has a purification, mm. an effect mm. of uh, mm. purifying. Ah. I mean, it's really kind of... Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. We turn, the protection is really mm. kind of where we turn our minds towards. And if mm. we, even after having committed something really cruel or, mm. or unskillful or whatever... Mm. Turn our minds towards the skillful. Mm. That has a positive. Um, oh yeah, that's a good uh, point. Mm. 
effect and, and and there is purification i mean i was just um remembering uh, the story of one order member who had um lived in a, a quite a what would you say a criminal life yeah. and uh, <laughs> then he went uh, uh, and so what he did was uh, doing the refuge the going for refuge practice which is like a prostrating to the three jewels over years and years and years and at one point he said he suddenly because he felt like all the guilt and mm. his conscience wasn't clear but at one point he felt that it was suddenly some something lifted and he mm. was kind of purified and freed so mm. that's something mm. that uh, i reflected when mm. i thought about that verse um, yeah you can see that in, yeah. in 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 i think in daily experience even like mm. it's a bit of uh what you were saying like you, you know even if you have a tough time or you mm. like you can't quite see the what you're actually doing and how everything relate, you know, sort of links back to each other and you're struggling a bit in meditation or, you know, you don't quite know how to make progress or something and you just feel like you've reached a dead end or something, then something just, you know, sometimes it just needs, you know, verses from the scripture, or I don't know, like even just listening to a talk and everything kind of yeah. falls back into place again and, uh, or even just going on retreat or something and let kind of, re, um, dedicating yourself anew to 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 your ideals really kind of well in my mind obviously it's sometimes it can feel quite painful because you kind of you have to shift your your whole being a bit but mm. there's definitely that sense of like ah oh, yeah relief and you can you can you notice that kind of well, what mm. you said uh purification setting in of like i just just to know where what my life is about and what is good about my what, what what you know the knowing the good things in my life and the direction in my life that is already well it's kind of half of mm. you know half the buck you know it's like yeah. it's it's you you've won so much and already already has such an effect it feels like a blessing almost yeah. i think that's why it's so important that kind of well that language of protection is yeah. quite interesting mm. isn't it because it you do feel well they say you're protected by your kind of actions aren't you mm. you're protected mm. by your skillful skillful you're protected or not protected by your actions mm. so you see i think yeah but you need i think in a way i've had to meet people that i've trusted that have been through that whole process where you just think yeah i can purify my um purify my consciousness my life actually mm. and you you end up even i think that's the thing isn't it it's like you maybe you confront your past uh what frankly evil actions But in the process of confronting it, the the fear sort of either it's there and it and it either it's diminished or it's it's okay. Like I definitely had that on there's a, a retreat, an ordination training retreat called the Ten Pillars, which is basically about the ten precepts of Buddhism. You know what you, what you do with your body, your actions of your speech, your actions of your mind, and you really go through the whole thing really thoroughly. So every day it's it's relentless. You know it's like a two week retreat every day. <laughs> It's like, right, what have you done with, what, okay, uh, full speech or cruel speech <laughs> or or what have you done with this? And he's like, oh my God, it's absolutely relentless. But you do feel kind of a, I don't know, you feel like uh, it's just the way to go. Mm. There's no other way around this. You, mm -hmm. you just, you get a sense of yourself and then it's... It's confession, isn't it? Yeah, yeah you confess. confess and and it's funny all that because uh, I did feel like after doing those retreats, Maybe I should do them again, actually. <laughs> But after doing that particular retreat, I could meditate quite easily, mm, which is interesting. interesting. Like yeah. all the crap that just gets in my mind and stupid ideas and th endless thinking about, 
I don't know what I'm thinking about. Yeah, yeah. It does have a strong effect, doesn't you it? Know, on fashion. You, you just let go of stuff. Yeah. You're like, what? Am I, oh, yeah, I did that. Okay, I'm really sorry. That was a disgrace. I'm not doing that again. Yeah, yeah. And then you can meditate. So, oh, mm. yeah. You know, the threefold path: ethics, meditation, yeah. and wisdom. It does actually <laughs> ding. Yeah. Does actually work. Yeah. There is a point here. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. I guess it's it's also one of the points. Uh, interestingly, in my nine in the text that I'm. Uh, uh, currently reflecting on mm. where it says like if you seek samadhi if you seek absorption and mm. meditation so the first mm. thing is your ethical practice mm. 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 yeah well yeah which is quite i mean it's obvious <laughs> in it's a so way obvious, but yeah. so difficult to see difficult yeah. Mm. Yeah, because i mean the uh, what i'm always so uh, mm. impressed by is kind of the because ethics in a way is such a weird mm. weird word uh, mm. just to kind of see how Hmm. how your behavior how ethics kind of reaches into all sorts of different uh hmm. aspects of your life I mean, and your mind your life. yeah it is your it life it's literally yeah, yeah. everything you're ever going to yeah, say is, it yeah. is you <laughs> because yeah. by, when i hear ethics i you know first um yeah. idea you have is like well yeah. what we said before you yeah, well you're supposed to be generous okay yeah, yeah, i give yeah. a beggar a bit of money yeah. and Mm. Or like, you know, uh, yeah. what does my Trabant always say? It becomes about nuancing consumer yeah, choices. Exactly. Whereas ethics is so much more. It's, it's about, you. Yeah. Yeah. It's every it's action of body, yeah. speech and yeah. mind. I mean, yeah. on, a, on a negative, yeah. it's all the, obviously it's all the things that you don't do. So you're not going to go around murdering people and selling drugs yeah. and all this sort of thing. Yeah. But and the, on the, it's also on the positive. And I, I just feel like, um, I thought, oh, God, yeah, it's just so obvious, isn't it? But it's, I don't care how long you've been practicing. It's really, really difficult to to... Okay, like say ethics, like Maitre Bandhu says, uh, he calls it like behavior. I prefer mm. that. It's just your behavior in every every aspect. What are you going to do? How are you going to structure your life in order so you can actually meditate at mm. depth? Yeah. What does that look like in yeah. your actual life? You because for me, it's been a mystery things. for yeah. a long, long, long time. Like, yeah. Not a mystery, but a struggle. I always knew it's possible, but I just thought, well, how am I ever going to get there? Mm. But you can, isn't it? And, and I think that's where the whole thing of renunciation starts to make more sense. Not a great word, but it's like, Oh, you drop certain things away and they stop messing with your head. Mm. And then when you sit down to meditate, ah, oh, you can meditate at depth. And then it's like the fruit, the fruit, the tree keeps fruiting. But I like, yeah, I think the thing ethics is the wrong word. Mm. It is actually, mm. it is actually the wrong word because yeah. I think of it as something like there's me here. And then there's this thing I do called ethics. Yeah. But it's not, it's me. It's everything I've yeah. said th and mm. thought and done every moment of the day is that's that's the like the basis that's the yeah. base of the path isn't yeah. it that's the yeah, beginning yeah, yeah. of the path which yeah. is <laughs> but everything it's like okay yeah. the beginning of the path yeah. is your whole life yeah everything you're ever going to say do <laughs> or think mm. that's the just start there so yeah. oh great mm. that's a, easy yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i guess like uh, i'm just uh, thinking again about the the image of the hero and the protection mm. i guess that's Because that's something that really uh, struck me when I read that mm. verse for the first time, and I thought, "Oh yeah, that's really." <gasps> if I have, if I'm anxious, if I'm afraid, or mm. whatever, th mm. this is the protection. This is, mm. and it really. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's probably also trusting um, that my actions or that positive actions have a positive mm. outcome, mm -hmm. and that there will be. Mm. Um, yeah, there will be a fruit. Yeah, the, mm. a fruit, mm. and that it really makes a difference. Mm what i do in this moment mm. and mm. so I, somehow i can seek that protection mm. by actually acting skillfully do you ever have that thing where you you uh it's a bit vague sometimes isn't it but where you just yeah it's almost like a 
not even an image of yourself, but you just think, oh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be a good person. Like I would, that's what I want. I want to be, like I say to myself, I want to be a good man. Yeah, I want to, and then everything sorts itself out. The rest of the day is all right. I've lost something. Oh God, I've lost a load of money or I've done something. It's all mm-hmm. kind of not important. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, my my plan today <laughs> is to try and treat people well. Mm-hmm. It's hard, but it's like, if I can do that, then everything, then you're protected. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you've done that. Everything's all right. Yeah, you mm-hmm. might die, you get some horrible disease, but it's not important. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not the same thing. It's like, if yeah. you've got that thing at the forefront where your goal is to be a, a decent person, more than decent hopefully but like a decent person you're kind of okay mm. aren't you it's yeah. like yeah you'll you get a problem but it's okay yeah because i guess you live in line with deeper values yeah. somehow that they look yeah. after you, you do, yeah <laughs> let me just read yeah. my of course wrap up <laughs> it might fit in here now how, how much longer what's the time how long are we going for not a not not a lot 10 minutes maybe okay, oh, okay. we better get into Get into the quote. Oh, I haven't quite decided yet which part I'm oh. going to read. Maybe I'm going to read all of it. Well, Where is it we, from? I think we have, well, again, the Dhammapada, so that's my uh, go to book yep. <laughs> for quotes. <laughs> I, I think I have. Um, I have read the beginning of this chapter already in a previous uh, episode, the one on happiness. Uh, I think I think I did that, right? Happy mm. indeed we yeah. live, yeah. friendly met the haters. Yeah. So this is kind of the rest of it. Um, Yeah, I think I'm just going to read the whole thing. Yeah, read it. Uh, and then maybe pick out pick out one verse or something. So this is... So this is the rest of it. Um, There's no fire like lust, no blemish like demerit, no suffering like the taking up of the five constituents of conditioned existence, no happiness like peace. Hunger is the worst disease, conditioned existence the worst suffering. Knowing this as it really is, one realizes that nirvana is the highest happiness. Health is the highest gain, contentment the greatest riches. Trustworthy are the best kinsmen, nirvana is the supreme happiness. Having enjoyed the flavor of solitude and tranquility, free from sorrow and free from sin, one enjoys the rapturous flavor of the truth. Good it is to see the spiritually developed. To actually dwell with them is always happiness. By not seeing the spiritually immature, one indeed will be perpetually happy. By living in company with the spiritually immature, one grieves for a long time. Association with the spiritually immature is always painful, like association with an enemy. Association with the wise is pleasant, like the coming together of relatives. Therefore it is said, follow one who is wise, understanding and learned, who bears the yoke of virtue, is religious and spiritually developed. Follow one of such a nature as the moon follows the path of the stars. Hmm. <laughs> it's nice. It brings back to the beginning of the com- uh, our conversation with the yeah, just teachers. I thought uh, the teachers. Yeah. So I think there's for me there's mainly two things in here. Well, there's there's the you know the whole thing of friendship, teachers. Um, you know, um, I think I think the main verse here really is 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 a verse eight, which is health is the highest gain contentment the greatest riches mm. the trustworthy are the best kinsmen nirvana is the supreme happiness 
because there's everything we've talked about is in there in a way mm, mm. <laughs> um you know contentment the greatest riches mm. i really like that because mm, it's mm. later on he says that again uh, a bit more clearly but kind of you know ethics simple life renunciation mm. he equates that with the riches so he mm. equates that with abundance mm, 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 so 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 being content mm. being well being being mm. well ethically pure being kind of you know mm. living living you know, actually living a life like you said tarapalta mm. actually living a life where you can meditate mm. uh the world that needs to be a content life mm. that's the greatest riches so it's the the biggest treasure you can heap up and then mm. the trustworthy are the best kinsmen so you so apparently you do need people you know you do <laughs> need association as well mm. um well and then just you know um Nirvana is the supreme happiness. So I think that the, the mm. second thing here is really the joy. You know, yeah. uh, mm. having enjoyed the flavor of solitude and tranquility, free mm. from sorrow and free from sin. Mm. You know, having it as a so really uh, being absorbed in in uh, meditation, in solitude, tranquility, but also being ethically pure. You know, uh, what you said, having confessed, mm. one enjoys the rapturous flavor of the truth. Mm. Mm. the rapturous flavor of the truth yeah i think it's great because it really connects with what we've uh, <laughs> yeah. talked about before because i guess it's really See, it like worked. It, worked. it really worked. <laughs> it worked so i guess because we um i guess it's all the conditions that you need to yeah. set up purify mm. your mind mm. go for refuge be content be ethical mm. to actually allow the um the nirvana or like mm. the uh, the awakening mind the bodhicitta yeah. to kind of shine through yeah. somehow to mm. kind of come through and create that deeper um sense of happiness mm. and mm. fulfillment in a way but you need to kind of create those conditions mm. and calm the mind in yeah. order to have that gem mm. shine yeah. it shows that sorry it shows yeah. that you know when we talk about renunciation and meditation it shows that those are just uh, uh preliminary practices they're just uh preparations uh uh you know they are not they're not an end in itself they are uh so that you know you can actually enjoy the rapturous flavor of the truth mm. that you can actually grasp the <laughs> the awakening it mind it really does speak to the whole kind of riddle of life in a way though yeah. it sounds a bit pretentious saying that but yeah. it's true it's, it speaks to the whole It is a riddle, you know, the whole um, contentment being the greatest riches. Mm. Normally, I don't know about anyone else, but I've approached my life from the completely other end of the lens. You know, it's like when I get, get, when I get all the riches, I'll be content because <laughs> I have everything, I can chill. Mm. And uh, then you keep doing that for longer and longer and you think you get more and more discontented. And so it's kind of, it's interesting, is it positing a complete reversal of how you actually, uh, how you, how you're going to get contented, but then how getting contented, that's a huge, hmm. that's a, that's, that's everything. That's isn't a huge, it? You, you yeah. change, you've got to reverse your entire way of looking at the world really. Yeah. 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 But it also shows, you know, like when, when we talk about renunciation, I mean, obviously that kind of, I mean, it sounds a bit, I mean, who wants renunciation, but not me, but I want the rapturous <laughs> flavor of the truth. Yeah, that's I what that. I want. That's okay. What, I want. what do I need to do in order do to get the that. rapturous yeah. flavor of truth? Ah, I need okay. some renunciation. Uh, but then I'm willing to do it. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm willing to, to put that in. Yeah. But it. then you've got to look at what renunciation <laughs> is then. Exactly. Yeah. It's not just like hair shirts and whipping yourself, is it? No. Mm. People like <laughs> to do that in Berlin, I told, but yeah. you know, it's just like, it's, uh, it's actually something Not right now, but not right now. Before Corona. In that other club you were talking about. We won't go there. That's a different place. But, Yeah, no, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think renunciation 
is such a massive part of Buddhism huge mm. and like the way whenever we talk about it there's a kind of weird atmosphere in the room like <laughs> uh yeah you know but actually if you take it in the right spirit then you get i think that's it's the it's the it's it again it's the oh look how good we are it's the ever it's the continually fruiting tree isn't it you get a taste of that and you're like mm, yum yum like yeah, fruiting yeah, yeah. tree fruiting yeah, yeah. tree and then it's like, oh, just watch shows on Netflix. Oh, I've lost the fruiting tree. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah don't yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I've got into this terrible state of propantia and like evil, weird thinking. And I've lost the tree again. Oh, back to the tree. Mm, nice. So it's like you just don't want to do it because it's crap. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I guess because it's it's really attractive. Like the yeah. uh, renunciation can become attractive if you see just it a more. Bad word. Yeah, it's a bad, bad word, word because yeah. it's it's liberating. It's just yeah. you can leave things behind that are word. probably. Mm. Why do we call you? What's the actual word? Dharmasara. Of renunciation. Oh, oh, you've forgotten that last. I've got you. <laughs> you, no, don't know. you don't know. No, oh. it doesn't come to mind at the moment. Maybe we should have another uh, episode on renunciation no. and contentment. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. going to be really popular. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> renunciation. I actually can't think of it at all. Yeah, at what moment. is it? I, it, was, it was sort of. I don't even know what going forth is at the moment mm. in Bali. Um, oh, I will look it up. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's, 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 um, yeah, it's a huge area. It's true. Yeah. Stillness. I mean, I like stillness. Stillness, somehow. yeah. Stillness. stillness. It's to do with the tree, though. It's to do with the fruits. You know, mm. once you get a taste of the fruits, it stops becoming renunciation. Mm. You know, it just becomes a pain. It's just like, why am I doing this to myself? Mm. I've, I've got, I told you, I've got a little, you know, on iPhones, you can create little squares where you have multiple apps in the same oh, yeah. square. Yeah. I've got, um, I'm failing. Anyway, but... I've got Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. I don't never look at Instagram anyway. I've got them all in this little square, and it's called P Prison, Poison, Pressure, Pain. So it's just like, <laughs> and it just reminds me every time I'm about to click on it, I'm like, read it, prison. Okay, so I still click on it, but at least I know that it's just, it's what is putting making, in the little it's, reminders. Yeah, it's taking me away from the tree. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, taking me away from that, that mm. kind of sweet spot, mm. the, good, the good things in life. Yeah. Anyway. By living in company with a spiritually immature, one grieves for oh, a long time. God, tell me about it. Association with a spiritually immature is always painful, mm. like association with an enemy. Oof. Association with the wise is pleasant, like the coming together of relatives. Yeah. That's very interesting, this whole relative, you know, this whole family. Mm. I mean, the Buddha talks in terms of, you know, you are... You are um, offspring of my mouth yeah, uh, you know your, your sons and daughters Children of the Shakyans. Of the Buddha, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. there's this whole family aspect but, but but when you when you come together with people with especially the wise I, I, I do get that feeling a lot of like ah oh, yeah you can just kind of mm, relax. relax and yeah. you know whenever you interesting conversation natural yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're just interested in you and you yeah. know they give you a bit of perspective and no no mm. you don't have to mm. grind out conversations yeah well sometimes yeah. you do but yeah. <laughs> And there is this inspiration as well, I guess, that which is also something that can come out of conversation with the wise mm. somehow. Yeah, if you, yeah. Mm. You really get this kind of positive inspiration yeah. gets fired. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. It's the kind of best in you, isn't it? The actual energy, yeah. the light, even the life force, the thing that's the actually... The wish to practice. Yeah, the most interesting form, thing. You're yeah. not just sitting around kind of like, oh, desperately trying to find a conversation to put together and, mm. you know, drag a bit from here. And it's like, there's a... There's, Oh, it's such a yeah, such a relaxing kind of uplifting sense, isn't it? Where you can mm. actually just talk about what's most important to you. Mm. I think that's something that's really lost, uh, or at least wasn't so present in my upbringing. This whole teacher-student kind of relationship of mm. 
by having someone to go to to just ask kind of life questions mm. both whom you can also just be a friend and kind of who just takes you as a person and not just mm. helps you in a particular subject at school or mm. something but mm. just where you can just kind of well bring everything you have and then uh yeah it's just being looked at with wisdom and love and compassion mm. yeah mm. anyway i just i just end with the last verse and then yeah. Okay. Therefore it is said, follow one who is wise, understanding and learned, who bears the yoke of virtue, is religious and spiritually developed. Follow one of such a nature as the moon follows the path of the stars. Mm. Why don't we just leave it there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Good. laughs> thank you. It was a great conversation. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very, thank you very much. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Bye bye. Ciao. See Take you care. soon. See you next Bye. time. <laughs>